Well, praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 59. You know, not many things surprise the Lord. Not many things cause him to wonder. And yet there is a verse surprised because there was a need and surprised because there was an answer. Isaiah 59 verse 16, and he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Reading from the ESV, he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no one to intercede. The NASB reads, and he saw that there was no one and was amazed that there was not one to intercede. In the Christian Standard Bible, he saw that there was no man. He was amazed that there was no one interceding. Here we find in the pages of Scripture, the Lord surprised that there was no intercessor. He thought, surely there would be one. Surely there would be intercession and interceding. Surely there would be a person at least one with this Spirit upon them and in them. Samuel Chadwick said these words, the one thing that is said to have surprised God is that the voice of intercession had ceased. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. We pick it up at verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. The Lord has a long history of working with intercessors. History proves it. The hand of the Lord the intercessor, the ear of the Lord and the intercessor. Let us acknowledge the truth today as we've read in verse 1. The Lord's hand is not shortened nor his ear heavy. Now the Amplified Bible reads, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened at all, that it cannot save, nor his ear dull with deafness, that it cannot hear. Let the question be asked today with this, truth is our reality and our assurance, would there not be intercession? Would there not be intercessors calling on God Almighty? And here we find God surprised. One might interject here and say the Lord couldn't see. 
but the Lord couldn't hear. That would be far from the truth. Verses 2 and 3 of the same chapter, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. What is the truth? Because of sin, the Lord hid his face. Because of sin, the Lord would not hear. Iniquity separates. Proverbs 15, verse 8, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Proverbs 28, verse 9, One who turns away his ear from hearing the law Even his prayer is an abomination. Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. And we know James 5, 16, the effective, fervent prayer of what kind of man? A righteous man. Avails much. It's not that the Lord could not see or that the Lord could not hear. It was because of sin that he had hid his face and that he would not hear. You say, well, what hope then do we have? Second Chronicles 7, verses 14 and 15, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. This is the hope we have. There's a call in the Spirit, if my people, if my people were called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, that there would be a turning, a turning from those things that are not right in the eyes of the Lord. Back to Isaiah, Isaiah 59, verses 4 to 8. No one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil, trouble, and bring forth iniquity. They hatch vipers' eggs and weave the spider's web. He who eats of their eggs dies. From that which is crushed, a viper breaks out. Their webs will not become garments, nor will they cover themselves with their works. Their works 
are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they have not known, and there is no justice in their ways. They have made themselves crooked paths. Whoever takes that way shall not know peace. This was the condition. And there was a separation from God because of it. Iniquity separates. You know, confession is a powerful thing. Confessing the reality, our state, acknowledging the facts. Verses 9 to 15, therefore justice is far from us, nor does righteousness overtake us. We look for light, but there is darkness, for brightness, but we walk in blackness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as at twilight. We are as dead men in desolate places. We all growl like bears and moan sadly like doves. We look for justice, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before you and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us. And as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord, in departing from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off. For truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. So truth fails and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Confession is powerful. But with confession there must be repentance. A turning if my people would humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from sin and wicked ways, the setting forth in a right direction. We read here in the text, we find on the pages of Scripture the Lord surprised at the condition. Surprised. Astonished. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Does the Lord need the intercessor? Let's be careful how we answer. We know full well that the Lord is the all-sufficient one. He is in need of no help. His arm is not shortened. 
as if it needs the length of the arm of man. Yet the Lord delights in working with people. The Lord delights in teaming up with people. The Lord delights in using people. We find here that he's surprised that there's no one interceding. He's surprised that there's not one offering up intercession. No one with the Spirit upon them and in them. Verses 15 to 20, then the Lord saw it, and it displeased him, was evil in his eyes, that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor, astonished, amazed, and surprised. Therefore, his own arm brought forth salvation for him, and his own righteousness, it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, according, accordingly he will repay. Fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. The coastlands he will fully repay. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The Redeemer will come to Zion. And to those who turn from transgression in Jacob, says the Lord, Does the Lord need the intercessor? Well, the Bible says he wondered. He was surprised. He was astonished. He was amazed that there was no intercessor. No one to intercede, not one interceding. Does the Lord want intercessors? Obviously. You know, one might interject and say, well, according to this passage, that if there's no intercessor, the Lord will work it out himself. And so why bother? Why toil? Why bother with the plowing? The work, the pressing, the standing and the standard of an intercessor. You know, the truth is, history proves the power of intercession. And for some here today, you're the proof of the power of intercession. God has a long history of working with intercessors. I believe it's a call that we all 
or answered. Here we find the Lord surprised. You say, why toil and plow and press and stand and hold? Why give ourselves to this manner in the kingdom? Verses 15 and 16, then the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Sure, the Lord is well able to take things into his own hands and work it out. Yet listen to those words, reading from the Amplified, the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor, no one to intervene on behalf of truth and right. My prayer is that this verse would read different concerning this generation. That the Lord would raise up an army of intercessors in this time. Imagine if we caused the Lord to wonder. Imagine if we surprised the Lord, amazed and astonished. What do I mean? Well, what if it read like this concerning this generation? Then the Lord saw it, and it pleased him that there was justice. He saw that there were men and women and wondered that there were intercessors. Are we not to be a sign and a wonder in the earth? I want to encourage us today that the Lord is not finished working with intercessors. The Lord still responds to intercessors, his ears hear, and his hand moves at the work of intercession. There is a toil. There is a price to pay. It takes work. the standard and the standing of an intercessor. Leonard Ravenhill said these words, to be much for God, we must be much with God. Jesus, that lone figure in the wilderness, knew strong crying along with tears. Can one be moved with compassion and not know tears? Jeremiah was a sobbing saint. Jesus wept. So did Paul. So did John. Though there are some tearful intercessors behind the scenes, I grant you that to our modern Christianity, praying is foreign. Remember what Jesus said? 
Hey, Jesus, what do you want your house to be known as? The house of prayer. What was he most concerned with? That his house be known as a house of prayer. Jesus knew that the Father had a long history of working with intercessors. He knew the power of intercession. A.W. Tozer said these words, the church that is not jealously protected by mighty intercession and sacrificial labors will before long become the abode of every evil bird and the hiding place for unsuspected corruption. The creeping wilderness will soon take over that church that trusts in its own strength and forgets to watch and pray. Are we not reminded in the Word of God to watch and pray? Did not Jesus say watch and pray? There's a call in the Spirit today. One man said, God has no greater controversy with his people today than this. That with boundless promises to believing prayer, there are so few who actually give themselves unto intercession. I'm not talking about praying for the meal before we eat it. Oswald Chambers, Jesus Christ carries on intercession for us in heaven. The Holy Ghost carries on intercession in us on earth. And we, the saints, have to carry on intercession for all men. You say, well, the Lord was surprised that there wasn't one, so I guess as long as there's one. But imagine if he looked down and he saw an entire church with this spirit upon them and in them. Imagine if he looked down in the earth and he saw his entire church with his spirit upon them and in them. An army of intercessors. And history proves the power of intercession. John Armott said these words, the church has not yet touched the fringe of the possibilities of intercessory prayer. Her largest victories will be witnessed when individual Christians everywhere come to recognize their priesthood unto God and day by day give themselves unto prayer. Will you answer the call today? A surprised God. Caused them to wonder why there was no one interceding. I wonder if he looks down and he's a little bit surprised that there aren't more people interceding. More believers pressing in and praying and calling on God, pulling on heaven, toiling in the earth, praying privately and gathering to prayer services.
gathering to the house of the Lord to intercede. Charles Spurgeon, I always give all the glory to God, but I do not forget that he gave me the privilege of ministering from the first to a praying people. You know, I thank the Lord for this house. For all those that attend Tuesday night prayer services, it's been going on for a long time now. They gather, to toil, they gather to intercede. Those that gather early on Sunday mornings for pre-service prayer, early Sunday evening for pre-service prayer, for all those that set time aside and plow throughout the week, the Spirit, the intercessor upon them and in them. He said, I do not forget that he gave me the privilege of ministering from the first to a praying people. We had prayer meetings that moved our very souls. Each one appeared determined to storm the celestial city by the might of intercession. There's a call in the spirit, and the reality is not everybody's going to answer the call. It's tragic. But many live their Christian life and never operate as an intercessor. All these great promises. With the God on our side is all-powerful and almighty. Why would there not be more praying? more interceding. We are the saints alive now. We're the ones who must take up the call. A standard raised by the Lord, by the Spirit of the Lord, and let us partner with the Lord through intercession. For the enemy has come in like a flood. Look at the condition of our world the condition of society, the issues of a generation. The enemy has come in like a flood. The enemy knows that his time is short. He's working overtime. He has a plan. He's determined to deceive to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We need intercessors. We are the saints alive now called to carry on intercession, that there be justice, that there be a cry in the earth that moves heaven, and that the ear of the Lord would hear and the hand of the Lord would work mightily. S.D. Gordon said these words, God's greatest agency, man's greatest agency for defeating the enemy and winning men back is intercession. You want to get involved with soul winning?
intercession. This is one of the great methods of the Lord. Oswald Chambers, may we learn to intercede so wholeheartedly that Jesus Christ will be completely and overwhelmingly satisfied with us as intercessors. Let the word sink in today. The call in the Spirit. Yes, we are touching on prayer, that kind of prayer that is so powerful a force. Hudson Taylor, it is possible to move men through God by prayer alone. I believe it. I've seen it. I've known it. And I know it's true. It is possible to move men by prayer alone. The power of intercession. You say, let's carve out a new means. Let's figure out a new way so that we don't have to toil, so we don't have to intercede, so we don't have to tweak our schedules, so we don't have to wear out our pants as we kneel before the Lord. God's saying, intercession is the key. Answer the call today. Billy Graham will know that name. To get nations back on their feet, we must first get down on our knees. E.M. Bounds, our praying, however, needs to be pressed and pursued with an energy that never tires, a persistency which will not be denied, and a courage which never fails. Back to our text, Isaiah 59, verse 16, he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Say, okay, I'm in. I'm going to pray through the week, intercede, show up to the prayer services. Hallelujah. Work and toil. But let us not forget that if we are going to be intercessors, we are going to have to choose holiness. Righteous living, governed by the fear of the Lord. No iniquity in the heart. A people of justice, a people whose prayers are a delight to the Lord. The prayer of the upright, one who delights in hearing the law, effective, fervent, the prayer of the righteous. You say, what can intercession do? What can it accomplish? Intercession can put a stop to injustice. Intercession can put a stop to lies because we have a God who hears and his arm is not shortened. Intercession can rescue people. Intercession can rescue sons and daughters. Intercession can keep sons and daughters. 
Intercession can get nations back on their feet. Intercession ushers in strength and healing and revival. Intercession can usher in a move of the Spirit that can grip a generation for life. I believe we are all called to be intercessors because there is a need. There are so many needs. Let's receive the call today and let it read concerning us. Then the Lord saw it, and it pleased him that there was justice. He saw that there were men and women and wondered that there were intercessors. Let's have the worship team return today. Samuel Chadwick, these words, if you attend Christ City Prayer on Tuesday nights as of late, gracing the screen. There is no power like that of prevailing prayer. Of Abraham pleading for Sodom. Jacob wrestling in the stillness of the night. Moses standing in the breach. Hannah intoxicated with sorrow. David heartbroken with remorse and grief. Jesus in sweat and blood. Add to this list from the records of the church, your personal observation and experience. And always there is a cost of passion unto blood. Such prayer prevails. It turns ordinary mortals into men of power. It brings power. It brings fire. It brings rain. It brings life. It brings God. You say, how can I get involved? Answer the call. Where can I go and what can I do to serve the Lord and to propel the kingdom in the earth? You can go in the Spirit to places you might never go in the natural through intercession. I pray that we never downgrade the office of the intercessor. We don't treat it with any form of disrespect. But God is still looking for intercessors today. Those with this spirit upon them and in them. It hasn't changed. Jesus still wants his house to be known first as a house of prayer. I don't read where he amended that. That's his heart. We're the generation closest to the second coming of Jesus Christ. We should be praying more than ever. For there's work to do in the earth. There's a call in the spirit today.
You say, where can I go and what can I do to serve the Lord, to propel the kingdom in the earth, to work for the Lord and with the Lord? Go to prayer. Go in prayer. We can go in the Spirit to places we might never go in the natural. I'd like to interject here for a moment and say that this too speaks to the giving of our finances to further the kingdom of God. Our finances can go where we may never go. You think of how the nations are being impacted by the finances given in this house and how they have been impacted and will continue to be impacted. And our own nation. And how men and women have gone in the Spirit through intercession over the decades now gone in the spirit to places they've never gone in the natural. Intercession is one of the greatest ways we can serve the Lord and propel his kingdom in the earth, work for and with the Lord. I share these words. You can go in the spirit to any nation on earth. You can touch an unreached people while on your knees. Indeed, your secret closet may become the headquarters for a movement of God's Spirit over an entire nation. Think of Abraham's example. He prayed over godless, wicked Sodom. Read the history of it. And then he began to negotiate with the Lord. I mean, incredible. We know what the Lord did. The Lord, he is willing to save entire societies if he can find a band of righteous people within them. This speaks of people who seek his face for the sake of their nation. God goes even further on this issue than he did with Abraham. In Ezekiel 22, God speaks of finding just one praying believer who will stand in the gap. I sought for a man among them. That should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Ezekiel 22:30. At the time of Ezekiel's prophecy, Israel was polluted spiritually. The prophets were profane, violating God's law left and right, and the people were oppressed, vexed on all sides, full of lust, robbing one another. Not one person among them cried out to the Lord. Nobody stood in the gap to intercede. Yet God would have saved the entire nation for the sake of just one intercessor. If you cannot physically go to the nations, you can be a part of the support body of intercessors. And we are to assist those who have given themselves to go. When Paul writes of his journeys, he mentions not only Timothy and Titus as his helpers, but also Lydia and the other precious women who aided him. These were all devoted servants whose assistance helped touch entire nations with the gospel. Answer the call. Answer the call to be an intercessor on behalf of your family, on behalf of your church, on behalf of our city, our province, 
our nation and the nations of the world. And the nations the Lord has granted us, the fields and the realms that he has and will grant us as we move, as we move as intercessors. Let's stand today in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Lord.